Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. It's Monday, and it is our first February show of 2022, and everybody who is a frequent listener knows that in February we get our romance shoes on, and I'm really excited today because one of my writing buddies that I write with in the mornings is here, and she has a her first paranormal romance is coming out on February 17th, so that's up for pre-order now, and she also has a dynamite urban fantasy series with dragons. Wait until you see the book covers. Oh, my goodness. So I'm really excited for you guys to meet her and get to know her and grab her books. So if you have not read Coralie Moss yet, you are in for a big treat, and I will read her bio so you can get to know her better. Author Moss likes to begin her urban fantasy stories, normal witches and a plunk, and plunk a surprise for their seemingly normal lives. Really just happens to live on Salt Spring the site of much magical inspiration with her husband, their son, and two rescue cats. You can find out more at her website, and I did put a link to her website right there on the Blog Talk site if you're listening live, or if you're listening later, you can click that and check in. She's got a great blog up there, and I think you can sign up for her newsletter too, so be sure to um, check in over there, and you can see all those delicious dragon covers. If you love dragon shifters, you're in for a treat. So um, without any delay, Coralie, are you there? I'm here, Lisa. It's great to be here. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, you are up in the frozen north, aren't you? Are you in, is it cold up there in Canada? You know, it's, it's nippy. I happen to live on Salt Spring Island in the Salish Sea. So out my front windows, I can see the lights of Vancouver and the beautiful snow-capped mountains behind it. And then on the other side of us is Vancouver Island, and this is, we're in one of those natural places where the weather is pretty darn nice, even though um, it gets really foggy here, Um, and yeah, but it kind of stays green all year round because of the trees and the Oh, that's nice. Oh, very nice. It sounds magical. You know... It is very magical, and there is I <laughs> tapped into that for my stories. <laughs> I love it. Definitely. So, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about the the shifters in the Underland series with the dragons? I know Moon Dragon is the last one that just came out. Are there going to be more? Um, at this point, I'm not sure. So, the I wrote the Dragon series. So it's Paper Dragon, Blood Dragon, and Moon Dragon. I I set a little goal for myself. I wanted to write a series of books that my sons could open and would actually read, not just say, hey, mom, you know, someday we'll read your book. (laughs) And and they're my first books where I have, um, it's the main character is a male, Jake, who's a dragon shifter. And he appeared in one of the books in my Sister Witches series. And I always knew there was going to be at least one book featuring him, and it turned out to be three books. 
Um, oh. And it takes, they take, yep, they take place between New York City and Ukraine. And um, there are, there will be some short stories because uh, you know this, and I know, or I'm pretty sure readers know this, like when they read a book and there are side characters, there are just some side characters that you either hope or feel are going to get their own stories one of these days. And there are a handful in the Dragon series. I've already made notes on their short stories. So whether or not those will become extra novels, I don't know. But there will be more. They just have to get in line. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But the trilogy (laughs) then is is complete. It'll be complete after you read Moon, Moon Dragon. Yes, it it comes to what I think is a very satisfying ending, and the series is complete. And yes, yes. And I, when my the cover designer I work with, um, I feel like she knocked it out of the park with the three covers for those books. And I yeah, they're stunning. They're so pretty. Postcards order. Yeah, they really um, they do it for me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're part of, they're like an offshoot of one of your witch series, right? Or they're in the same universe? Yes, that's that's correct. I would say that all three of my series, the Calliope Jones series, the Sister Witches series, and the Shifters in the Underland series, um, they have characters that overlap and very similar magic systems and um, I think I did that on purpose when I wrote my very first urban fantasy, Magic Remembered, and started seeding it with these side characters like we were talking about earlier. You just don't always know where everything's gonna where everybody's gonna go or who's gonna show up in further in future books. But I wanted to give myself the ability to kind of go back and pluck some of these interesting characters from past books and put them into um, future books. So, yeah, so and there, even though, can, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask, can you tell us, because I, I love urban fantasy, I'm a big urban fantasy reader, can you tell us what the stakes are in your world? Like, is it, since they're all in the same world, is there the same, you know, factions that they're fighting or what are the stakes there for your characters? Oh, I'd say one of the, one of the consistent stakes is the idea that magic is disappearing. And if the magic is disappearing, then that means magicals, I call them magicals with a capital M magicals are growing weaker or they're also potentially disappearing. And I've always had a deep connection to the natural world. And um, like to me, being in the ocean and being in the woods is, is a very magical experience. So in all of these books, magic comes from the earth. From It can come from trees and rocks and the water and all of that. Um, so that's, that's at stake. Like if we are not, I think the more overarching thing is if we're not taking care of our environment we're not taking care of our magic 
So we, we could get right. like really philosophical about this, about like taking care of the own ma- your, your own magic. So I think my magical characters, many of them are just kind of awakening to their own possibilities and kind of what they go through in order to fully embrace who they are and what they are and their potential for doing good and doing not so good things in the world. I love that. And so when you were, um, are there going to be more books in the other series? Or did you wrap up everything with the dragons? Well, (laughs) well, (laughs) um, (laughs) funny you should ask all these questions that are, (laughs) oh, spoilers. (laughs) So, I've started doing this thing in my newsletters of providing a my newsletter subscribers with a free short story every month. And the February newsletter had a short story centered on the heroine of the Calliope Jones series, the, the magic series. And I knew her story wasn't finished. But I had the sister witches clamoring in my brain to get started on their book. So Calliope's really been on the back burner. She's been very patient. But she, like, literally sat herself on my desk a couple weeks ago and said, I'm, I'm ready to talk to you again. And we really need to talk. Um, <laughs> so, yes there will be a fourth book in the magic series. I don't know when it's going to come out or when I'll publish it, but I've started writing it already because it's so clear to me um, where, where Calliope's headed. And I will say she's, she's headed for some trouble. Oh, you heard it here first guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Spoiler alert. But I think I think my readers already under like that they already understood she was gonna have to go through some more. And she's she's one of my favorite characters. I she showed up one day after I had tea with a friend of mine who's also um an incredible author who lives here on Salt Spring Island. And on the walk home I had Calliope all figured out. I wanted to write an older heroine, so she's in her forties. Um, I wanted to give her kids and I wanted her to be divorced. So she's, she's got a lot on her plate. Um, but she also has a very sexy druid love interest. So Calliope and Taylor will be back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Is it hard for you when you're writing urban, urban fantasy to keep the romance going? It's, it's always there in the books, even if it's quiet. And so I would say that's kind of a, yeah, I would say yes. Um, in part because I love the action, the action sequences in urban fantasy books. And I love like seeing, especially my heroines, like getting into trouble and then getting out of trouble. Um and I think part of that comes from being the mother of sons. Like all the movies I watched as my kids were growing up, like I don't remember watching many strictly romances. It was all like Marvel comics. Right. 
movies mm-hmm. and all of that, like big action films. Um, so that's kind of what I have in my body. But I love a good romance. I feel like I'm, you know, I married my sweetheart. And I, I want to put that into the, into the stories as well. Um, so when I, so this next book that's coming out, Medusa's Proxy, that was really the first time I challenged myself to write a romance, um, a fantasy romance, a paranormal romance. Yes, and, and it comes out on yeah. the 17th, so in 10 days it'll be out, so everyone can go pre-order it right now. But do you want to tell everybody what, what it's about? Is it a new series for you or just a standalone or... Um, it's, it can be a standalone, but it is, so I need to grow four more arms so I can write all the series that are in my brain right now. (laughs) Yes, Medusa's Proxy will be part of a series. Um, some, and it's just a novelette, so it's a 20,000 word, like 110 page story. Um, it is a paranormal, paranormal monster romance so there is a happily there's an implied hea happily ever after and there are sexy times and um it's part of this series that i'm tentatively calling goddess by proxy and um the next novelette that will come out of this series is going to be that will be the genesis story um of this organization that provides um, proxies so that goddesses and mythological figures can have a year off. <laughs> I love and, it. <laughs> and so I see the goddesses and their proxies getting into trouble, and some of them also definitely will be falling in love. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, and. Yeah. Uh, I always like to ask people, did you have a favorite scene in that, in Medusa's Proxy that you wrote, that there's one that you're just like, ah, it was your favorite? Um, I loved the opening scene in part because I took um, a moment from my own life and um, gave it to my heroine in that book and it's a scene where it is the book opens up when she's stuck in a pig pen and she's kind of cornered by these very very large pigs no no (laughs) you were cornered by pigs when okay yes when my when I was a teenager when I was a teenager, my father decided he wanted to try to be a farmer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so we moved from Massachusetts to New Hampshire. Um, my parents bought this house that was built in the 1700s. And wow. um, they found um, there was a nearby school. And one of the things, one of the programs at the school was barn building. So, we had an old-fashioned barn raising where the barn went up in a day. Wow. And then and then we populated that barn with animals. <laughs> <laughs> that you didn't know what to do and with? I, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, and, no. you know, 
pigs are really adorable when they're little, but then they get really, really big. <laughs> so um, oh, and they cornered so you. So I, I, so I will, you know, maybe one of these days I will take paperback copies of all of my books and annotate them um, with little stories about which 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 scenes or events have been drawn from my own life and that was one of them so it was very fun to kind of revisit that and then let the story take off from there yeah I love that (laughs) that's too cute so um (laughs) is it Medusa that we get to see trapped by pigs no it's actually it's her proxy but this tape starts out before before the heroine whose name is Maddie Meadows before she is called to the program that will train her to become a proxy. So Medusa, Medusa shows up a little bit in Medusa's proxy. Proxy. Um, she's there in the prologue, um, which was, uh, I think that was January's free story um, for my newsletter subscribers. Um, I've read the Medusa, you know, I know the Medusa myth, and I've just that Medusa, like so many other females in mythology, kind of got the short end of the stick, and I wanted to retell it, um, put my spin on on what happened after she was beheaded. Oh, and, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's there. Um, that's there in the in the prologue of the book. Then Medusa does show up and. Um, at some point, Medusa herself will get her own, at least a short story, talking about what it was like for her um, to not have to wear her snakes for a year and to be kind of just less of a, a potentially scary figure. Oh, that would be fun. And Yeah, and how she finds love. Because <laughs> I've already, I've already, I already know who she's going to head off into the sunset with so <laughs> Aww. I hope they like snakes yeah <laughs> oh yeah yep they they kind of have to like they have to be good with snakes <laughs> that's right snake charmer yeah. yep <laughs> yep yeah well it's not exactly a snake charmer but um <laughs> yeah I think you you get hints of who it is in Medusa's proxy I oh, will say fun. that much. okay yeah. So everyone needs yeah. to run out and pre-order that book. It'll be out in 10 days. And um, can I ask you, a lot of people are always curious about what your writing journey looked like to getting books published. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us how that happened for you? Everybody's path seems to be very different. Oh, sure. Um, I so I think it was maybe... 2015, I was living in Mexico, and I was teaching yoga, because that was, like, that was my past life before I became a writer, um, a self-published author, and um, someone found my writing online. I had for all the years we were living in Mexico, and then I was also writing theater reviews, so somebody found my writing and said to me, I think you should try writing a book. And I'd never really considered writing a book. And this person mm-hmm. also said, I think you should write a romance. 
And (laughs) I was like, okay, I'll try it. And like three or four months later, I had an 80,000 word romance book that I'd written. It will never see the light of day. It will never, (laughs) ever see the light of day. It was your practice book. <laughs> that was my practice book, Lisa. Exactly. Yes. And um, a couple months later, we moved to Canada, and I started writing full-time. There was something about it. Um, maybe it was just like the planets aligned or whatever, you know, that a, a similar phrase would be. So I started writing full-time. And I joined Romance Writers of America because at that point I thought, okay, I'm going to be writing romance, so I need to learn everything I possibly can about romance and the whole process. And I think over the next two years or over the next year, I wrote three romances, um, started looking for professional editing help. So I worked with my first couple of professional editors, and I was like a sponge. I just learned everything I could. And then I found out a fairly well-known urban fantasy writer lived two doors down from me. Ah. And so we got to be friends and we got, we started having tea together and just, and she mentored me into self-publishing. I tried to go the traditional route where you send out your manuscript and your query letter to agents and publishing houses. And I think that lasted for about six months. I am very much, um, I can be very impatient, and I'm also very much, um, I really like to do things myself. I like to learn whole new, whole new way of doing things. Um, so self-publishing had all of those challenges so I could have the creative side and the business side. And right. so I, I self-published my three romance, my three contemporary romances, And then had that conversation with my mentor where I wasn't sure what I wanted to write next. And she said to me, I think you should write what you love to read. So what do you love to read? And I was like, I love to read in the fantasy genre. I just love it. And that's like literally that was the day that my first urban fantasy book started to form in my head. And I haven't looked back since. So I think it's been, I think I, I think April of this year will mark four years of me being a self-published author. And in that time, I've self-published 16 books, or Medusa's Proxy will be book number 16. Um, I took me a little while to like find my writing groups, but Twitter was a great place to start to meet other authors. Um, and I think having a community is really, really important because it can be very lonely, you know, sitting at your desk. Definitely. Writing for yes. hours every day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and people to just bounce ideas off of and all of that kind of thing. So, yeah, I tried to go the traditional route, quickly discovered that I'm much more of a self-published personality person. Um, I'm also, I've always been an entrepreneur, so I've always started my own businesses so that I didn't have, I don't have a, I didn't have a fear about starting something new. Um, Right. And yeah, and I, I really enjoy like 
passing on the mentoring torch. I got great mentoring, so I love to talk to younger or newer authors about what they're doing and about the steps. There are many routes to self-publish, so I like to kind of be there as a mentor or a coach to other um, other writers to help them along the way. And, yeah, I, and I have so many stories in my brain, Lisa. You probably know this phenomenon that I think I'll be <laughs> writing for many, many, many more years. <laughs> Just last night we were talking about what if, and I'm like, oh, the last thing I need is another plot bunny, but we were talking about what if writers discovered that when they died, they couldn't cross over until they finished every single thing in their idea folder. And we were like, immortality. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like I got another. You start one and another one starts. (laughs) Right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of that, what's next for you? What are you working on next? Well, I'm working on three projects simultaneously. I have the next, um, the origin story of the Alliance, of the forgotten and disremembered, which is that which connects with Medusa's proxy. Um, okay. So that'll be the next novelette in that series. I am also working on the Calliope Jones for the Magic series, her short story, and then starting to outline her novel, and then um, the goddess Hecate, or Hecate, as some people pronounce it came into my world a few days ago, like demanding her novel. So I'm also plotting that. So at the moment I'm plotting (laughs) two full-length novels and three shorter pieces. And is that normal? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there is a normal in writing. It feels very normal. (laughs) Yes, yes. For you, it's normal. my, (laughs) My husband is off. He often tells me it's like, I have, I'm living with so many different women here. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, many, my poor husband projects. comes in and I'll, I'll be weeping and he says, you know that it's fiction, right? <laughs> I know. Oh, but... yeah. But, <laughs> but that's, we do I, live and breathe. great right when we can, when we can move, when our characters and our writing moves us to tears, like, and all of that then shows on the page, so. We we get attached. Yes. We get attached to these characters. We do. So, and and yeah. yeah, and hopefully the readers will also. This is well, the response I got after my last newsletter where I brought Calliope Pack, I got a lot of feedback, like a lot of people readers actually saying, I've missed her or I've been waiting for her or it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's nice to surprise readers, and it's always wonderful for us, us writers and authors, to um, get that kind of feedback. To know we've actually that our characters are living in other people's lives as well. Yes, and it definitely inspires us to jump in and write that next book for sure. Oh, it oh it totally does. It totally does. Yep. Yep. Well, I have to so, I have yeah, to so ask well, because it's been 
because it's been plague times for so long, but um, <laughs> do you have favorite like fantasy dragon type things that you like to watch to get in the mood for, you know, are you Game of Thrones or is there, you know, some sort of dragony thing that we should all be watching? Um, Boy, I did watch Game of Thrones and like, like many took issue with the endings with the endings <laughs> it was wonderful yes. to, it was wonderful to watch those um i'm a total witcher fan oh i love witcher like, too oh i'm 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 embarrassed to like how to like admit how many times i can just watch and rewatch that series i've really loved season 2 i love the female yes. characters um mm-hmm. But no, it's funny. I don't, when I'm right, I love reading and watching within, you know, anything within the fantasy genre. Um, but I, right. I find sometimes I have to cut myself off from watching or reading certain things while I'm writing because I, I don't want to feel like I'm pulling too much, say, from other things that are out there. But right. I, ooh, I will say right now I'm watching um, In from the Cold on Netflix. Oh, it's um, not even seen that. Oh, Lisa, you might have to go check it out because it's very stabby. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> yep. yep. Okay. Yep. So I wrote it down. I'm, I'm adding watching. it to my list. There you go. There you go. <laughs> So right, well, right before say, we right run now, out of I'm, sorry ahead. before we run, before we run out of time, I just wanted to find out how readers can get in touch with you if they're excited after they read your book. I know you're on Twitter. Is there anywhere else they can find you? Um, you know, they can sign up for my news list on my website. I respond to all emails, uh, but primarily online. I'm on Twitter. Yep. Okay. And, and All right. The links to that are on the website. Lisa, yes, thank you so much. and I have much. a this link for the website right there. And, yep, it's been great to talk, and thank you, everybody, for listening in. Thank you so much for being here, Coralie. Talk to you Thanks soon. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Okay, Be sure to bye. connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.